Hi everybody, I'm Sal, and you're listening to the Elseworlds Exchange, brought to you by Comic Pop. Go to comicpop.net for all your YouTube comic book needs. This episode in particular is brought to you by TeePublic. Go to tpublic.com slash store slash comic pop and find yourself an amazing t-shirt with a really, really great design on it. Some of those designs are made in-house by us here at Comic Pop, including our Comic Pop logo t-shirt, an Ultron t-shirt, and a Head Crabs from Half-Life t-shirt. They're really, really fun designs. You should check them out. They also don't have tags, the... Sizes are printed on the back of the shirt, so you don't have to worry about that uncomfortable tag stuff. They're really comfortable shirts. I would not shill for these guys if I didn't already have a mess of their shirts that I purchased myself. I like them a lot. Check them out. Go to tpublic.com slash door slash comic pop and find one for yourself. All right, let's get on with the show now. Sweeping down upon the underworld to smash gangland comes a friend of the unfortunate, enemy of criminals. A mysterious, all-powerful character, a problem to the police, but a crusade of the law. Hey everybody and welcome to the Elseworlds Exchange. I'm Sal and with me as always, or as most of the time, is Joel here from Cape Joel. Welcome hey, Joel, everybody. back to the channel, back to the show. Yeah, first uh, first time we've done this show together since I almost died out in Victoria. <laughs> that's right, that's right. Uh, do you want to explain what happened or do we want to just uh, get into the nitty? <laughs> uh, I, I'll explain it. I had a what's called a vassal vagal syncop, which basically means I coughed and retched so hard while sick... I cut off blood flow from my brain and almost died. Jesus Christ, man. Yeah. Yeah, you gotta watch those coughs. <laughs> you could just go, just, trust me, I am watching them now. Yeah. I didn't know you could cough so hard you could die. Yeah. <laughs> friend of mine coughed so hard he gave himself a hernia, so. Jesus. Apparently, if you don't take care of yourself, you're just, <laughs> It's It's funny, one of our mutual fans, I guess he's a paramedic, and he's like, yeah, actually, I see that all the time in older people. That's, you know, how they die on the toilet and everything because they're pushing and straining so hard. And I'm oh like, oh, God. God. That's what, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. Keep yourself regular is what the lesson <laughs> yeah, is. so you don't die. Mm -hmm. uh, before we get into the topic, I wanted to give a quick uh, announcement slash reminder as per the usual YouTube algorithms and whatnot, apparently. Mm -hmm. uh, if you are watching this on YouTube, the more likes and comments we get, the better this video is indexed, and therefore the better that this channel does in general. So if you wouldn't mind, uh, just give, sharing your thoughts a little bit more regularly than you might be before, and of course, uh, being a little more liberal with those like button would not go amiss. We'd really, really appreciate it. But Because uh, likes and comments are important now, and that goes for all the channels you like. They're going to be needing that more now than ever. I uh, I normally wouldn't have to worry about this, and uh, the fact is we have such a interactive community on Comic Pop here that I normally don't have an issue, but uh, just figure Same. out, say it out loud, and see how it is treated, um, but uh, or how it's received by the audience. And of course, if you're listening to this on iTunes and SoundCloud, just keep listening, man, because you don't have anything to worry about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for real. Just keep keep doing what you're doing. Keep doing. So uh, today is a topic that was uh, actually selected by Joel. It, he called mm -hmm. them immigrant characters. Uh, and I thought we were going to talk about characters who are immigrants to America, <laughs> and then uh, he, he he assured me, no, in fact, we're actually going to be talking about characters that originated outside of comics that we consider to be beloved comic book characters. Your topic's a pretty interesting one, too. Maybe bookmark that one for later. That's yeah. actually not a... International yeah. heroes. Exactly. International heroes, heroes who have their origins in other nations, you know, like mm -hmm. really get more representation going. Um, but that said, I, we were already more prepared for this one, so. <laughs> but yeah, hey, maybe we actually will come back to that other topic, not just say we will, then forget about it for months. That's right, that's right. So, uh, obviously, there are a couple of characters that I think everybody kind of knows, but it's still worth talking about because they're, mm -hmm. you know, they're interesting. But you might be surprised by a few other picks. 
Oh yeah, that we've gone through the archives to discover. So it's it's a broad topic for sure. Because again, there are ones where you're like, really, they started here. Yeah. Well, what's an example that you have, my friend? Uh, well, one that always comes back to me, and I think it's really important now because we've seen the character grow to such prominence. But Laura Kinney X twenty three actually started in the, in my mind, very underrated X Men Evolution. Yeah, that's right. Now I was actually kind of surprised to learn that as well. Because I didn't, uh, I didn't watch X Men Evolution when it came out, but uh, and I wasn't really into comics when I think I was. I mean, I was into comics for a long time, but like I dropped off and didn't come back until I think after she was already introduced. Mm-hmm. So when she made her debut, I was like, right on, yep, female Wolverine works for me. It's um, it's such a wonderfully simple idea too. Where it's like, yeah, female clone of Wolverine going through a lot of what Wolverine is going through and the pressures of having to be a teenager and everything on top of that. It kind of works in that episode that she premiered in, which I think it might have actually just been called X-23, was actually a really well-done episode. Yeah, it's funny. I actually, I, I did wind up going back and watching the old X-Men Evolution show over time. I've it's free on YouTube. You can watch all of it. That's right. Uh, I, I was always kind of intrigued by, like, the, the influences from the movie, whereas the, like, where they, like, made a hybrid of the original canon plus the movie mm-hmm. canon, where it's like, oh, Magneto now talks like Ian McKellen moving on. Like, you know, that Voiced by thing. David Kay, a Canadian, a man who lives not two towns over for me oh nice you should get him on your show and (laughs) i i did once actually but that yeah but that video is now gone to time in youtube as with a lot of my interviews you should do a reprisal man i really should he's also clank and ratchet and clank he's a cool guy there you go you can ask him how great that movie did so Mm. uh (laughs) yeah did did you see that one no It was, was very, it was very okay, but if you don't play the games, you have no idea what the hell is happening. Damn, because I remember them debuting that movie, and I was like, this is going to be cool, and then it wasn't. Or Looked rather, great, it, sounds it, great, they got the actors from the game, didn't do nothing. That's the way to go, man. Like, if they were to do a Halo movie, just get the dude who plays Shep- or who plays a Shepard, that's, that's Mass Effect, who, get, who plays Master Chief, like, just, just get him. Apparently it was a real battle, too, to get the actors from the games, because obviously any Hollywood studio worth their salt is like, no, you need to get celebrities so we can put them on the poster. That's right. Although, I think at the end of the day, neither would have helped. Sylvester Stallone played the heavy in the Ratchet and Clank movie. He was, like, one of the henchmen. Okay, that's fine. And I'm like, are you free? I didn't even know it was him until the end of the movie when I saw the credits. I'm like, go to hell. Really? That was him? Um, all right, so let's get back on track. So, X23, yeah, had a great run when they eventually brought her into the comics, and now she is Wolverine. I mean, that's got to be one of the greatest pieces of validation for a canon immigrant. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, we, uh, okay, let's talk about Coulson, because Coulson's cool and uh, debuted in the movie, uh, Iron Man, and Mm -hmm. was a fan favorite immediately. I gotta tell you, like, I did, I loved the Coulson character when he first debuted and every Clark time is trapping as fuck. Right. And then every time he appeared since then, it was like, Oh, what a delight. Um, it was such a blow when he died though. Not, not much of a shock because <laughs> classic comic books, classic comic books, classic Whedon where he's like, I got to kill somebody who, who going to die. Oh, I know. We'll kill the audience surrogate because that's the best part about Coulson. They made him a fan. They made him a guy who loved the Avengers and his death is what spurs them to come together. And not like even really not not a uh, not a sad fanboy and not to the degree that they like re- kind of retconned him into being a fanboy. When they finally brought him into Marvel Comics, they made him a lot more like fan 
boyish. They made him yeah. a lot more like into it. I like I get the idea that like Coulson was a Captain America groupie, and that's kind of it. You know, in the movies, he was just he he was a real big fanboy for Captain America, but so unfazed by Thor and Iron Man and the yeah. Hulk, like not interested. But once Captain America showed up, he was like, "Oh my god, I gotta go get my cards." They have kind of turned him up to eleven, even in Agents of Shield, where it's like, "And this is my wall of collectibles. If I had a YouTube show, I would film myself in front of this." <laughs> Seriously, <sighs> it's collectibles, and even in the comics, when he's arguing minutia with Miss Marvel, another superhero fan. <laughs> yes, exactly. Somebody in the comments mentioned that uh, he's not as big of a fanboy or fangirl as Kamala Khan, but mm. those two working together is uh, is kind of cute. I like. It's a great the, I, I like to imagine that like the two of them were like online buddies and before they knew who each other was uh they are actually mark wade wrote that god damn it mark wade <laughs> they did they absolutely did apparently colson moderates the superhero fan fiction form that kamala khan regularly frequently See, that is the problem with <laughs> that's the problem with the changing of colson colson has dignity in the movies uh then he dies and then they pulled him into the tv shows now he's like just kind of looking for something to do. Now he's uber nerd. I don't, I don't know, but uh, I was really looking forward to seeing Coulson's debut in the comics. But for for my money, he hasn't quite gotten his due. He's not quite uh, like reached a fan level. It was it was Battle Scars, right? It was the story that they brought him. I don't Nick remember Fury ever Jr. reading that. I remember hearing after the fact. Oh yeah, Coulson came in in that one. Yeah, it was not great. It was no. just kind of like. Eh. And they, well, because they, at, at that time, they were just like, Coulson's an agent and he's cool and like, you know, but they didn't blow, like, they didn't, uh, they didn't try and like stay true to the character. They tried to go very hard and like make, mm -hmm. like, they, 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 they made a hard turn where they're like, let's make him our Coulson. Like, there's two right. very different Coulsons. And then people were like, we don't want that though. And they're like, oh, all right, well. I remember I got into a lot of arguments with people uh, about the inclusion of Coulson because I'm so very hard on Diggle in the Green Arrow comics, who is also a canon immigrant. And they're like, well, you're not this hard on Coulson. And I'm like, yeah, Coulson feels organic, though, to yeah. which they fired back by saying, well, well, what about guys like Quartermain and other S.H.I.E.L.D. agents who got sidelined they because did. of Coulson and we don't see them now anymore because it's Coulson and friends. It's true. Yeah, you really get – it used to be those 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 lines, those roles, those – key moments were given to Quartermain and Dum Dum Dugan and now it's kind of like well give it to Coulson and Nick Fury Jr and you're like Nick Fury Jr who is also something of a canon immigrant because he's <laughs> really just supposed to be Samuel L Jackson Well I mean like that's that's a little different I, I mean like it was literally just I want to draw Samuel L Jackson as Nick Fury in the Ultimates and they did and then they mm -hmm. moved and then like in the movies that's one of those things where the movies were like that's cool and I want to say that uh Sam Jackson probably read the Ultimates. Oh yeah, and went, oh yes, <laughs> this that's is just exciting. me. I am, I am on board for that. And you know what? I um, amazingly enough, so was everybody else. Mm -hmm. Like nobody was like, keep old grizzled white Nick Fury. Like, nope, that's fine. We can move on. Everyone was in agreement. Yeah, and in fact, they actually got an interesting story out of it. I like the idea of Nick Fury's son being the Samuel L. Jackson guy, essentially. I, I kind of dig that. They told an interesting story in a S.H.I.E.L.D. anniversary edition where the son travels back in time and actually meets Tom Selleck looking Nick Fury, and they have an adventure together. That's cool. For me, it would have been... I, I would have... They established in the Ultimate Universe that Nick Fury, like skips universes like he can do that or has that's done right that. they did and so when they did the 
incursions and secret wars, I was kind of like, man, wouldn't it have been cool if they had just killed Nick Fury Sr. or just retconned it so that when the Earth gets like put back together, he's just ultimate Nick Fury. And just just say that he's from another universe. And he's like, I got a lot of catching up to do. And That's everyone just rolls do. with it, yeah. yeah. No one would have complained. No. Because you you have a situation where, like, no one's complaining about Miles Morales being in the ultimate, er, in the regular universe, even though the impetus behind him kind of being Spider-Man is the death of Peter Parker. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what his catalyst moment is now, but I'm, it, it probably results in why he's so unremarkable right now in the comics. Aww. But uh, anyway... <laughs> Yeah, so Coulson's a big one. That's a, that was a big character. He's probably the best modern success story of a canon immigrant to the point where it would be hard to envision the Marvel universe without him right now. Certainly the yeah. I mean, there yeah yeah. And I say that not really reading the book that he's in. He's had like two different runs, and I'm just like, yeah, I don't need to read that. No, well, I don't. I'm not interested in reading about a regular guy. <laughs> Even though the comics are basically like, and this is what we would do on the show if we had an unlimited budget. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's true. Which is um, fine. And again, too, with Coulson, all of his friends eventually came aboard, too, like Agent May and Fitz and Simmons and even Grant Ward they brought in, too, which I never read that story. Finally. What a rich, delightful character he turned out to be. And he um, ended up being one of the better villains, I would argue, in the expanded uh, Marvel deal that they're doing. They had a pretty good run with him as a bad guy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was funny how... Okay, if you're, spoilers for S.H.I.E.L.D., but, like, they keep pulling him in. Like, yep. he's he turns out to be a villain. And then they get and then he get and then they get rid of him and then they bring him back as another villain mm-hmm. and then he leaves and then they bring him back again as another villain and you're like and we have LMDs now so don't be shocked if we see Robo Ward in the future. No question, there'll be another ward. Ah. Moving on, uh, there's a character that I kind of like have known was a was an immigrant character or character immigrant from the TV into the comics for a long time because I was a big fan of Spider-Man and his amazing friends when I was a kid. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I know where you're going with this. Yeah, Firestar uh, yeah. originated on that show. Literally, like, the, that terrible cartoon of, like, <laughs> Iceman and Firestar. Yep, did not debut in the uh, comics, was originally created for the show. I think she was supposed to be like a Mary Jane allegory. It's never that like right. it was never that Mary Jane was supposed to be Firestar. It was more like, well, there's a redhead in the comics, so let's put one in the show, and the show's one will be a totally different person. And they they dared to make her into a mutant. Like they made a whole yeah. backstory for her. If you watch the episode, the a Firestar is born, <laughs> which is uh, one of the better animated episodes of Spider-Man and his Amazing Friends, right? Which uh, Firestar was a uh, was a tormented teen um she had was a late mutant abilities she discovered that she could fly and also make fire and then decided to become a superhero after taking revenge uh, on the cheerleader who tormented her throughout high school how very carry i remember the very short-lived <laughs> bit where they brought firestar in to be a teacher at the Xavier School and that that whole X-Men, I forget what, I think that was Amazing X-Men is what that one was and that one didn't last very long. You know, every time they tried to put Firestar in the comics, it doesn't work or it never, like, it never lasts, I should put that way. She was a new warrior, 
Um, mm. She was one of her biggest roles. I in recent memory was she was in Maximum Carnage because oh. the Human Torch was not available. <laughs> and, so you uh, need someone with firepower. Yeah, and I was like, wow, Firestar's in this comic book. That's amazing. Um, and uh, and then I think in Civil War she the last when we saw her in Civil War in two thousand five. She's at a bar, and she says, like, I can't be a superhero, and I don't want to do this. And she, like, registers and quits or something like that. Oh, wow. And you're like, okay. And then they That's were sad. like, nah, never mind. Let's change that. It's a weird <laughs> character. They they never really, like, she never really found the the right spot for her. Because, of course, they made her into a mutant, so, you know, it's... She, she's kind of a cautionary tale for canon immigrant characters, where it's like, sometimes you hit big, and sometimes you don't. Exactly. Um, I like Another... the Firestar character. I just me too. I'm just sad that like she never really developed into anything. Like that. It's another perfect example of a canon immigrant who didn't hit, even though I think he had all the potential in the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, lock up from Batman the animated series. Oh God, lock up. <laughs> lock up. See, here's the thing. I will defend lock up because here's the thing. His gimmick and his fetish is so classic Batman. You know, he loves locks and security and bondage and everything out. I'm like, you, you can't you can't write something good around this guy. You can't write something terrifying around him. Yeah. They never did. And he's just always like the background guy when you need to fill out a villain team. He's always there. That's funny. Did they ever bring in uh, the judge, Two-Face's third personality from the Batman no. show? No, they never brought good. in the judge. What a terrible idea. You know that's the last episode of it that is. show? <laughs> It is. What a depressing way to go out what on just two face sitting there in a straight jacket. Guilty. 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 That's stupid. Yeah, what um, a what a dumb final episode. Yeah, wait, that's that is proof they didn't know they were gonna be canceled. Mm-hmm. Um, interestingly enough, Batman the Animated Series is no stranger to into debuting characters on their show and then having them be shuffled over to the comics. Um, yep. I'm not thinking of the one that's on the cover of this episode. <laughs> rather, I'm thinking of Renee Montoya. Yes. Oh, yes. What a what a great history she had. There's one who I would say she actually did hit. She. I love Renee Montoya. Mm-hmm. I loved the character in the show. Uh, they gave her a real like character and a backstory. They gave her a vo- like they gave they made her uh, Hispanic. They gave her a, yeah. like an accent. She spoke in Spanish, uh, and she never had like an episode, but she was no. always in every episode. And she, well, not every episode, but every episode that featured the cops, the GCPD, and any like regularity it was awesome loved her relationship with bullock i thought yes. they had a great like you know straight man manic thing going on yeah there are a couple of like key moments from that show that stood out for me for her one of my favorites is when uh harley is dressed as a stripper and she's mm. going to the gordon's like celebration dinner and she walks in and uh bullock is ogling her and then of course harley hits him with her with her baton and she says you have the right to remain silent and renee just goes like yes because at first, when, when she first comes in, she's like, I am not here to watch a woman strip before me. Like, I am a, I am a police officer, and I am also mm. not gay, and I am not interested in this. Not yet, anyone. But then, <laughs> they brought her into the comic books, and Thanks, they, they, they flipped the script on it. Um, I in am a great s- way. I think she became one of the best, like, LGBT characters. Oh, no question. She rocked, and so short-lived was her career as question. Oh, I know, right? If you could do it all over again. One of the better Convergence tie-ins is her as Question. I didn't see that one. That's awesome. It's excellent, actually. And it makes reference and ties back to all the stuff Greg Rucka wrote with her as Question. That's really cool. Yeah, I loved her as Question. 
I liked her, uh, yeah, I liked her in the show, I liked her in the comics. Really great character, rich history. I'm so sad that, like, these are one of the, the these are some of the legacy characters, or, like, characters that had legacies, that had, like, a long-standing history, I should say, uh, that just didn't, that, 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 for whatever reason, they're not catching the way they should be. The last time we saw Renee Montoya, they brought her back in Detective Comics when Gordon was Batmack. And she had a really great entrance where she's like, yeah, hey, everybody, I've been over in Bloodhaven, but I'm back now. So that was like a twofer of, oh, hey, Bloodhaven exists, and also here's Renee Montoya. They then proceeded to do nothing with her. Oh, right, naturally, yeah. Um, Which is really unfortunate. I thought, like, all the comic sites would be buzzing with that. And it was like, oh, hey, did you hear who's back? But they didn't. Uh, no, they don't care. Um, Apparently, I was the only one who cared. <laughs> <laughs> now, I will say, the, uh, the, the animated series... Also debuted other characters. I'm sure you have a couple on your list as well. That oh yeah, that of came course. From the animated series, what else do we uh, do we have from Batman and or Superman? Because I know there are a couple of those. Uh, well, well, here's another example of one who didn't hit, but one that I think was definitely a favorite of the writer. So, such a Paul Dini character. This one, Roxy Rocket. Yeah, you know, I don't like that character, and I think neither do I. I don't I, like that episode either. So crappy. And you know what that was? That was literally just. I want to create a character, like like I want to do this. That was there was no organic reason to have her. There was no like impetus behind it besides I like this I, I like this design. I want to make this character, and I like I just want to. I I think that was Paul Dini being like, can I can I catch lightning in a bottle again? Again, yeah. But no. isn't it a fun name though, Roxy Rocket? Isn't it great? I guess. I mean, like. <laughs> No, you know, I'm saying like, that's him saying it, like, but isn't it a great name, yeah. though? Oh, yeah, I know. It's like, fine, Paul. <laughs> I will say, you at least got a couple of statues and action figures out of it. Sure did. So, Somehow. hey, who's laughing now to the bank? <laughs> yeah, for all that Roxy Rocket money. <laughs> um, I wonder what Dini's actual cut is of the characters he created. I've always wondered that, who gets what. Probably not much. <laughs> mm. Sad yeah. but true. Yeah. Um, similarly, better character, ba better debut... And uh, longer history, Livewire. Yes, certainly. Oh, I love love the voice actor song. That Lori was freaking freaking so Tank Girl, man. Tank Girl, perfect, pitch perfect casting. Great character, great backstory. So mm -hmm. terrific, worked so well. Um, I loved that. Uh, I was just talking to the. Uh, we were, I think it was. I don't remember if it was. Um, I don't remember what Superman's story was, but we did it on back issues, and I'm like, oh man! And then he had to go. Like she was reforming, and so Superman had to go get like a containment suit for. Her, and he's like, I happen to have an electric suit, like containment suit that you that'll look really cool. But brought that in. I'm like, yes. Um, Livewire is a cool character. Again, I don't think she gets to do nearly as much. But every time they do like a supervillain lineup, boom, mm -hmm. she's always there. I don't know why she's not a bigger deal because, again, you know, when they were writing the Superman cartoon, they're like, we need villains who can challenge Superman. So it's like, oh, you know, well, the element of electricity that can disrupt him and everything. Yeah, totally. And built a cool character around who got crossovers and is even now in live action. I think on Supergirl, they did like a live action version that would of That not surprise me. Electricity is easy to do in CG and you don't have to change her too much and boom, there you I go. I don't know if they kept her origin in Supergirl. Hey, chat, did they keep her origin as like a shock jock who really hated Superman <laughs> and then got electricity? Such a good idea. Such a great villain. It, it works so well. If you want to change it up, make her a disgruntled YouTuber or a podcaster or something. I, like, I, I want to say they did that, actually. I want to say they did that in like Teen Titans New 52 oh. and they brought her back in a terrible run but she was like a makeup YouTuber or something. Alright, that's fine. Who got disgruntled and got electrocuted. 
did. Oh my god! All right. Oh, they're saying yes. Actually, yes, they did keep her origin right on. That's, That's good. Great. Yeah, she was a disgruntled radio host. Cool. That's I like great. that. Oh, Lori Petty, so great. She's wonderful. I don't know if you watch Orange is the New Black, but she had a great arc in the last season. I don't watch it, but I know that she's on it, and she's fantastic. I mean, like, I love everyone on that show. Kate Mulgrew is on it. Oh, God. Dude, she fucking kills it on that. Mm -hmm. She is the best. Like, literally, she's, like, my favorite character yeah. on that show. I, uh, I can't... I can't speak too much about her, but Baby Doll also debuted on Batman the Animated Series. I also really like Baby Doll. I don't can't, can't think I've read a single comic story with Baby Doll in it, though. Nope, I've never read her in the comics, but I believe they brought her over. Um, That's cool. And even if they, even if they haven't done anything with her, it doesn't matter because that episode is fucking great. Sure is. Kills me every time. That last three minutes. Yeah, oh, so terrific. And. Also had the A-Squad animation on it. Not the Mr. Oh, Freeze A-Squad yeah. animation that, like, bankrupted themselves making <laughs> such great animation. Um, somebody in the chat asked uh, if reinventing Mr. Freeze practically from the ground up counts. I think it does because no one thinks of Mr. Freeze and doesn't think of what uh, Paul Dini did with that character. I, I do believe there's a TV trope for that. It's not... Canon immigrants, which is where I took the word for. I think it's retcanon immigrant <laughs> is what I think they call oh, it. So a word that only two people have ever used in their lives. That's, that's exactly. Uh, yeah, Mr. Freeze. It's funny how we've actually come like oh, not full circle, but like we've gone to a place where it's like Mr. Freeze was lame and stupid, and then the cartoon came out and made him freaking amazing, and then the movie yep. came out and used that origin, and it was the only <laughs> thing that was almost okay about that horrible movie. And then when New Fifty Two came over, they were like, "We're gonna make you think we're doing that, but then we're gonna edgy it up." And it was like, mm -hmm. "Oh, but we don't like that though." The reason why that won an Emmy is because it was so good, not because it sounded like a terrible thing you you did. Like and so wonderfully tragic, mm -hmm. just fantastic, man. That show we could literally just be like, what other things did Paul Dini in the animated series from Batman and Superman do? Um, we literally could. Similarly, I guess we could talk about her. She's pretty popular. People seem to like her a lot. Yes, this this Harley woman people yeah. keep talking about. You may have seen her once or twice. Yeah, she she. You know, you have to remember like when that show came out and like what was the result of it she was a huge hit the moment she appeared oh yeah there and how could like, she not be yeah it wasn't like uh like there was some time you know where she built a, a groundswell of, of of interest and entry no immediately she is she she was a a fan favorite character oh, um yeah. i loved her but i also was like i appreciated what it made the joker episodes where she wasn't in them even darker i know right which i really loved absolutely um, such a fun character arlene sorkin uh, is is and always shall be Harley Quinn. Um, she's literally sorry, Tara Strong. Yeah, that's ah, fine. Um, but she is. You, the... you get everything else, Tara Strong. Just let us have this. Exactly. One. Like oh, you can be the best in the world at what you do at everything else, but Harley. Right. Like, man. <laughs> uh, but yeah, such a great character. So so popular and like influential. When they were still working on that awful Joel Schumacher Batman 5, which was called, I believe, Batman Triumphant, the plan was to debut Harley Quinn in that movie as well. I know. Supposedly and, played by Madonna. <laughs> who would have been the daughter of the Joker. I, you know what? Madonna, circa like 1996... Which would have been too late. I think ninety nine would have been Batman Triumphant, but like, <laughs> but like Dick Tracy era Madonna. Oh yeah. As Harley Quinn, I would have bought it. 
That would have been okay. <laughs> it would have been a thing. We'd, have been, we'd still her. be talking about it today. You actually, the you'll if you turn on the radio, you'll hear her rendition of Santa Baby, and you're like, yes, that's Harley Quinn. Basically, yeah, I'm she, in. she she got the accent down right. She knows how to do it. Uh, yeah, I I think it would have been pretty cool. Uh, you know, it would have been cool in the context of what we could have gotten because it would have been horrible. The costume would have oh, been true. a disaster, and it would have been like offensive and you would have had fat old Jack Nicholson like coming back and being like have you ever danced with the devil oh <laughs> come here I'm Jack Nicholson because <laughs> they had him he was like y'all come back and play the Joker again we're like nobody wants that Jack except for me <laughs> and that would have cost that would have doubled the budget but uh yeah Harley's a cool character and of course like she's like the answer she's the reason people know about like canon immigrant characters <laughs> It's true. She's kind of the poster girl for it. Speak about another character where could you imagine the DC universe now without her? Especially now where she is the fourth pillar of fourth the DC comics. I, I mean, like, I can and have imagined a DC universe without Harley <laughs> Quinn. I lived in it for a long time. We did. Um, uh, Max Land has posted a picture. Apparently somebody from the art department, they were producing, like, T-shirts or posters, something like that. And they had, like, an old DC superpowers, like, lineup where it's, like, all the, like... All the characters from, like, the 1980s drawn in that style from, like, Legion or whatever. Uh, or Le uh, Legend of Superheroes or whatever mm. the hell it was called. And uh, somebody, like, photoshopped in a little Harley Quinn right there. And it was like, <laughs> but you've got, like, 80s-era Joker or uh, Penguin and you've got, like, blue Neil Adams Batman. And you can't just put Harley Quinn in there. Because it's not like ever anybody ever drew her like she was in the 80s. Like, ah. It's, it's funny, too, with Harley. Yet again, we're seeing another coming full circle from being a huge hit in the cartoons to being a huge hit in the comics to, yep. you know, being in everything and being just in gray now at this point to making her first ever movie appearance Yeah. just recently to where now that movie appearance had to, because we live in such this age of multimedia, ended up affecting the comics where Harley's like, oh, well, I guess I'll stop dyeing my hair now, and I guess I'll put on this jacket, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing about superheroes, is that people love the superhero superficially in, like, because of the costume. Yeah. Okay? The costume is the, is the, is the icon. It's the image that, you that gets you to buy the book or gets you to buy the action figure, gets you to look at this. The Harley Quinn costume is so perfect in its simplicity. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it's amazing how desperate everyone became to distance themselves from the original costume once they decided it was okay to do that. And I think that was when uh, they did Arkham Asylum, when she was yeah. like, I'm dressed as a slutty nurse. And I'm like, oh. And then they just never stopped changing the costume and making and it. Hot and hot-topicking her up. And hot-topping her up. I mean, like, it's fine. Like, I, at this point, it's so curmudgeon-y to complain about the look of Harley Quinn. But I will it say is. that, like, that suit is iconic, and, it's, mm -hmm. and it works in every drawn, depicted level. Having seen her, uh, Margot Robbie, in the Harley Quinn suit... Like the Which I never suit, thought we would actually get. I know. I'm glad we didn't get it, because it looks horrible. Like, it does not work on live action. <laughs> because they use, like, pleather. It was just... It doesn't... I don't know. I don't know. I've seen it in real life thanks to cosplayers, and it's awesome. We've seen some amazing cosplay versions of it. And they nail it, where they just recreate the image from, like, the Bruce Tim drawings. But, mm -hmm. you know, there you have it. 
uh, the Chad just brought up something interesting too. DC animated characters who weren't canon immigrants, which shocks me because I think if their show had gone on a little bit longer, they probably could have been. Yeah. Did you ever watch that short-lived but very underrated Green Lantern animated show, Sal? No, I did not. <laughs> It's here's the thing. It ran at the same time as Young Justice, and why? And while it didn't start as good as Young Justice, I think by the end they were almost on equal footing. Mm-hmm. There were two characters they had in that: uh, Aya, who was like a spaceship artificial intelligence who got her own body and kind of became like part of Hal Jordan's Star Trek crew. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. And Razor. A sympathetic Red Lantern who they basically took Atrocitus' story and gave it to him because Atrocitus in the cartoon was actually more evil than he was in the comics. Okay. And these two actually formed like this really weird season-long like romance thing where they both learned to be more human over the course of it. And I'm like, man, would have been great if these two actually made it into the comics. But then I'm like, hmm, but that's current Green Lantern, which means... It's not about Hal Jordan, though. They would just be pushed further and further yeah. into the background. Yeah, but it's not about Hal Jordan, though. <laughs> Get out of here. That's it's all about Hal Jordan. <laughs> Everything is Hal Jordan. I'm really surprised they never they never brought them over. They were really good. They were, they were really cool. They uh, It's sad, too, that that show ended when it did. And we'll never see the continuation of their arc, especially when the writer came out later. And it's like, oh, yeah, if we had gotten... A third season. Oh, yeah, we would have done Sinestro Corps War and all those characters that we subtly killed over uh, the first two seasons. Yeah, we would have brought them back. We would have done our own version of Blackest Night if only we had gotten a third season. Yeah, you can blame uh, them for doing that. You weren't going to do that, you lying jackasses. You just wanted to do that. I think he was, though, is the thing, because he's like, yeah, 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 and here's all the uh, pieces that I put here. Like, he had a whole article where he actually talked about all the seeds he planted and what they would have done if they had gotten another one. It's like, yeah, we would have brought in Kyle Rayner, too. Yeah, well, all right. <laughs> if only we had gotten a second season. Justice like, League Unlimited did it first. They did. Um, but, uh, but that said, here's another character from Superman, Mercy. Yes, yes. Great the character. Gunball with Lex Luthor. Yeah, great character. It's She's been kind of underutilized but they, they never gave her an origin in the cartoon did they they had to Not wait really. to the they comics never, to no, give they her never, a like, dedicated an episode to her right because in the comics i remember they said that she was like a former professional thief who tried to rob lex luther but luther respected her moxie and so he hired her all right <laughs> that's fine that's fine that works um should we should we talk i, I want to go marvel really quick do you yeah, know what i'm talking it. about Mm, who are you talking about? This Willis? one's for you, Morph. Ah, Morph. Yeah, Morph has had a weird history, what hasn't he? Weird, what a weird character. I remember when that show debuted, right? Like you're a you're you're a child. You're a huge X Men for at least mm-hmm. you're reading the Claremont Jim Lee X Men series. Then suddenly oh, yeah. this freaking show comes out and it looks just like the comics. And you got all your favorite characters. And they didn't start with the '60s. They were like, it's Gambit and Rogue and Wolverine and it's what's happening right now. Yeah. And Morph? Who the fuck is this guy? And I'm like, who the fuck is Morph? And Morph shows up and he's like, and he's kind of fun. You know, he's like a jokester and he's like a little, like, he's a little quippy and he's like razzling with the other guys. And I go, man, like, but his power is kind of useless. And then he died. <laughs> he like, was the ultimate red shirt. And I'm like, oh, you couldn't just like do the Fireheart thing. <laughs> like, you couldn't just do the thing where they killed the Native American 
Super uh, mm. X Man from uh, Giant Size X Men number one, like, and offend a whole group of people. You just create a stupid lame white guy named Morph and then kill him, and then yep. they brought him back, and it yep. was like agony. <laughs> yeah. No point. Then my buddy uh, in college was a huge fan of Exiles. Mm. And he had all the volumes, and I'm like, all right, I'll I'll bite. I start reading. Suddenly, Morph appears, <laughs> and I'm like. This is not Morph, but it is. <laughs> and they'd keep doing that, too, even as far as, like, the last Bendis Uncanny run. He's like, hey, and here's my team of characters no one's going to care about that are all new and by me. And he had a character who could change himself, and that character was also a Morph. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Everyone remembers him. As with everyone who remembers that Bendis X-Men series. Oh, yeah, what a great... I like, and here's the thing too, it's not like, oh, was this like a little side thing that happened? No, New Morph got a whole issue devoted to himself. <laughs> because Bendis really wanted you to like New Morph. Yeah, well, fucking Bendis, man, <laughs> here's the thing, dude, like, we only like characters that you spend time on, so, just... But I had a Morph hair up my ass that week. Yeah, but I want to do Morph! And Morph, by the way, isn't really even a character. Like, he's basically just a ripoff of a changeling character. But, mm -hmm. like, even still, like, okay. He's, he's a wholly different character. Um, yep. and, but I was waiting for Morph to show up in the comics. And he, it took forever. And it took up until, like, I think X-Men had a... They had an adaptation of the cartoon show in the comics. I think it was called, mm. like, X-Men Adventures or something like that. And I remember being like, this is weird. Because, like, the Claremont X-Men era is the impetus behind the cartoon show. Yeah. And now we're doing a comic book based off of the cartoon show, which is based off of this comic book. It's the Ouroboros, man. It was it's just a snake weird. that eats its own tail. Yeah, and I'm like, you're just going to confuse people if you do this. Just tell people to read the comics and then they'll get the show. And then the show went to garbage and it was like, oh. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, that was cool. Morph. Some, uh, some other things, too, while we talk about continuity that came from elsewhere, it extends to stuff even, like, beyond characters, like uh, Krypton having Crystal Tech. Yeah, That's Crystal Tech. That's not from any comic. That's from the movies. No, I remember talking to the guys about this when we were covering From the Man Who Was Everything. They are like, well, what about the crystals? And I go, oh, those don't exist yet, man. Mm -hmm. <laughs> because uh, that was only in the movies. And I remember uh, Ethan actually said something like, thank God for that. <laughs> I I'm remember like, that. That was a good one. Yeah, and I'm like, yeah, because the crystals are cool. Like making Krypton making Krypton like have a characterization of like everything sharp and crystally and like it's pretty and fragile. It's a cool idea and it was a cool visual that really worked. It's uh, another can you think of Krypton now without thinking of crystal tech? You can. No. I mean like certainly Brian Singer couldn't. No, no, he really couldn't. Yeah. Uh Crystals, what's this stupid stuff? <laughs> Not on my watch. Oh, the chat, of course, is quick to bring up the much-debated organic webbing as well. That's a thing that isn't necessarily about character, but certainly is... It's a, it's a problem that has happened forever, and it's where the movies happen, and it, it's like when a perfectly legitimate kid who has a great personality <laughs> and has his own circle of friends... Uh, sees what the popular kid is doing 
and then says, oh, I've got to start copying that. Me too. And it's like, no, but you're already great on your own. And if we love you just the way you are. And if you paid attention, he's just doing a shitty, like more flashy version of what you're doing. (laughs) Yeah. And yet comic books can't help but do that every single time. They and do. To the point where I like you, it, it's predictive. Where like, I remember when they had decided, when they announced it, like, Spider Man's gonna have a big organic webbing in the movie as ago. Well, they're gonna figure out a way to screw that up in the comics. And sure <laughs> enough, thanks to Avengers Disassembled, they were like, he'll turn into a spider when he comes out and be like, I'm making a few changes. And then like, he'll have organic webbing. And it's weird and stupid. And for no reason, he had, like, for no reason, it conveniently works exactly like his old webbing does. Like, yep. I wonder, now that we're on the subject of Spider-Man, obviously, of course, in that little teaser we saw on the internet there, I finally got what I wanted in Spider-Man as the old school web wings again. I wonder, will he get those back in the comic now to bring things all around? Uh, No. Uh, See, here's the weird thing is that we're in a, like, here's the weird thing that we are in right now, because obviously this still exists. Look at Harley Quinn and you'll be like, yeah, that happens. But, uh, Marvel doesn't have anybody who gives a fuck in charge right now. And uh, it's kind of amazing to see. It's kind of fascinating in a way. As you watch the books come dip and you watch DC's books just kind of rise and you watch all of this kind of like garbage get shoved out. Like there's not a lot of great stuff coming out of Marvel right now. And... It's, There's like maybe five books that I would say, yeah, you still got to read these. They published like 30 books. <laughs> uh, those five are really good, though. Yeah. Well, like, are they really good? Are they as good as the five best t- titles that DC's putting out? I think Thor is still pretty strong. But then again, Jason Aaron has been writing one big, long, unmolested story since he started. That's true. That's true. And he doesn't have, he's one of the few writers who doesn't have to get involved in crossovers or anything else. It's just like, Jason, you write whatever you want, man. Yeah, that's true. And, uh, but you'll notice that Doctor Strange came and went, did huge and everything. But the, the Aaron Strange book, unchanged. Yeah. He had a, he had a, he had a, he, he had a vision. And it resulted in something that is very incongruous with the movie. And they were like, eh, fuck it. They don't care. They'll buy it anyway. Or they won't. Because Marvel's in this weird place where they are subsidized. And they've never been there before. Marvel has always struggled. And when I say struggled, I don't mean like struggled the way that like you or I have to try and actually gain a following (laughs) on YouTube. I mean like, uh, like struggled to the point where they're like, we have to make sure that we're publishing something good. And in the 90s, they were like, that means chromium covers and holographic covers and like superstar <laughs> trading artists. Cards. And, like trading cards and uh, poly bags and like zero they, issues. They, but they, yes, they, they, they bought the hype just like all of them did. It wasn't like Marvel made that mistake this, in the first place. But Marvel's always been like, we gotta, we gotta sell books. That's what we do. We're, we, we make comic books. And to a lesser extent, we also sell Toy Biz figures. Thanks, Avi, for all the help. But, like, that's all <laughs> oh, they do. Oh, you're welcome. Yeah, but that's all they do. And they, 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 they used to just make books. And now that, like, they never have to worry about running out of money again, they're slipping. Yeah. Um, but canon immigrants, eh? <laughs> but canon immigrants, like Static Shock. <laughs> static Shock. Oh, man, Static Shock. That one, that one makes me sad in a way because the cartoons 
did more to actually bring Static into the DC universe than the comics ever did. Like, that last season of Static is basically all crossovers with the biggest DC heroes, and they could never spin that into any long-lasting success for him in the comics. Although, I don't think that's true. I think that Static... Because I have it. I think Static was a comic first. Yeah, a milestone comic, but then they got him into the yes. DC cartoons, then yeah. eventually the DC comics. Exactly. So I think they integ- I think the, the, the show really helped to fold him into the DC canon much better than... Did much more work. Worked way harder. Well, and it worked... He... Having Static be a cartoon show built him an audience the way the comics never could. Yeah. Which is kind of amazing. It's sad that he still doesn't really have anything going on nowadays. I know they keep saying they're going to resurrect the Milestone universe and <laughs> its own brand new imprint and everything. They're going to do stuff with him. I don't know. I, I, I'll believe it when I see it. But Young uh, Justice was another show that I think used Static to way better effect yeah. than the comics ever did. Um, also, Justly Unlimited, he was awesome. Yeah, yeah, he was. Yeah, when we got to see Old Man Static exactly. and everything. Which we saw again in a crossover with Batman Beyond, and Terry McGinnis is actually now officially a canon immigrant. Oh, no question. Yeah, he was definitely created for that show. And it's amazing the the, the history of him, where it's like, they, they were like, we want to do a young Batman show, Th- that's all... Just do whatever, and they were like, "But oh, but you have like a week, like <laughs> <laughs> throw so it together." They're like, "I guess we'll make it in the, in the in the future, and we gotta create like a neo Japan Gotham world, and we'll hey, just hey, you seen this movie Akira? Let's do that, and we'll just make it up as we go." And they just they created a canon on the fly as they went, and it worked. And that's just they proof sure that did. like when you have talented people behind your project, it doesn't always happen, but sometimes they 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 make something that will last, you know. Uh, Darkwing brings up another interesting case of Artemis, who Artemis Croc was a character from the comics who went by the name Tigress, Mm -hmm. then got a new costume and got to be basically a new character on Young Justice, but then actually went back to being Tigress in Young Justice, too. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's an interesting trajectory. Oh, uh, the Phantasm. Phantasm. Made it to comics, but not main universe comics. They didn't do anything with Phantasm, though. No, like, they invented the Phantasm, which is a cool character, great idea, great origin, fun. One of my, one of the easily best Batman movies of all time. Um, Stacy Keach, man. Yep, and then they did. I think that did they ever? I know they folded Phantasm into like the Batman Beyond, like into the Justice League Unlimited universe canon, which was an amazing story. Oh yeah. Um, but and I remember that they used Phantasm in the Batman Adventures comic book, but I don't know if they ever used Phantasm in the comics themselves. Don't think she or Andrea Beaumont ever showed up in like the main continuity. No, I feel I, I gotta say I'm sure there's an Andrea Beaumont character like in the background, like they maybe were trying something and then they never went anywhere with it. That's happened a couple times. Mm. Uh, perfect example, too, while we're on the Batman Beyond front, Derek Powers and the Powers Corporation also yeah. got brought into the main continuity. Well, yeah. I mean, like, a lot of the elements from Batman Beyond, they were like, we gotta use this because it's too good. It's too iconic. That suit, mm-hmm. that suit is unbelievably great. was one of my favorite parts of the Batman arc when they're like, oh, and who built it? Oh, the Powers Corporation. No, really? Yeah, that was cool. That was that Well, was you cool. know they gotta be evil then. <laughs> yeah. Which they turned out not to be, which was weird. Right? Um, they're like, now we're just kind they of They were benign. really setting it up, too. We're like, we're going to make... No, they're, they're OCP. Like, no. They're they're just whatever. 
Yeah. I imagine if DCU had lasted longer, I'm sure there would have been a storyline in the pipeline wherein Gordon had to fight against the Powers Corporation. Yeah. Um, you got any others? Because I have one more. Uh, ooh, they're, they're saying a lot of good ones. I know in the they chat. are, but like, do you uh, have any on your list? Uh, technically, the League of Shadows is a good one because they were the League of Assassins and they got turned into the League of Shadows. Then the League of Shadows got brought in just recently into the comics, but now is a new, different entity. Hmm. Okay, that won't be confusing. No, not at all. They're like, no, it's like, you think the League of Assassins are bad, but Batman's like, oh, but the League of Shadows, they're like next level bad. Fine. <laughs> that's, that's the story Rachel Ghoul tells to scare his assassins. It's like, yeah. oh, don't let me tell you about them League of Shadows guys. <laughs> um, another one that I'm going to toss out there is a character that is inexorably tied in with Superman. It's a character that you can't even believe was never that was originally established someplace else. Jimmy Olsen was a radio drama yes. character from the 1940s. There was a lot from that radio show. Kryptonite comes from that radio show. Yeah, and I think that Kryptonite was just invented so they could sell shit. I think that it was just a, a, a toy. Like I know that Kryptonite was like you could buy your own Kryptonite and like order it. Sweet. Yeah. Uh, was it actually radioactive? Oh, obviously. Uh, it would be. <laughs> if it was 1940s, you would expect nothing less. You would yeah. ask for your nickel back if it wasn't radioactive. That's right. Um, but yeah, Jimmy Olsen created in the show, along with Kryptonite and a number of other things. It was. Uh, it's it's hard to Perry believe. Harry White was from there too. Yeah, it's hard to believe that so much of what we understand is essential for the Superman mythos came mm -hmm. from Patchwork. Not unlike Superman himself, like it was from. It was a hodgepodge of different great ideas. 75 years of all getting remixed and mixed down and everything into the hero we all know and love. Yeah, it, it's funny whenever anybody says, like, no, it's defying the original canon. It's like, do you know that, like, there's no such thing? There's a lot of canon for Superman. Yeah, but I mean, just in general. Like, you'd be surprised how much of the canon that you take for granted probably isn't as canon-y as you, as you, as you previously established. The, the Batcave is from the old film serials. Up until then, Batman just hung out at Stately Wayne Manor <laughs> and kept the Batmobile in the barn. <laughs> kept it in the barn. Yeah. <laughs> Quick, oh. Alfred, to the barn. <laughs> Gotta go there. Yeah, oh, that, the, didn't, the, that didn't quite the, work as well as to the Batcave. Nah, it didn't catch on. Plus, he couldn't slide down the pole. No, it's true. Well, he could, but he had to go He had to go up the ladder first. Oh, uh, the Grey Ghost is another example of a Batman the Animated Series thing that they eventually worked in. I think he was in, like, uh, Gotham Academy last. Did they really? Oh, that's right. I remember that. That was awesome. Yeah, the friggin' Grey Ghost, which is even better because the Grey Ghost is a reference to Adam West in his post-Batman career. Yeah, so amazing. Um, yeah, a lot of changes, too. I remember uh, somebody reminded me of, of Slim Alfred. Originally, Alfred was just a portly, like, Jarvis-looking motherfucker. And then yep. he, uh, they, they uh, I think in the show, they were like, slimmed him down, boom. Gave him a mustache, too. I think that was a the thing. There's, like, post-mustache and pre-mustache Alfred. Yeah. Um... But yeah, they're, 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 it's funny how much we assume originated in our favorite uh, medium. And yet, uh, you know, whenever anybody talks about, like, you know, wanting to see their favorite comic book adapted into a movie or a cartoon or anything like that, you know, you feel like, well, what do they need to do that for? You know, why? Because we have, like, comics are good enough. And yet, when these other medias work together, we get something new. Out oh of yeah, and you know the the you don't have a well. My point is simply that like 
the influences come from each other as opposed to like from one major source. And they're still happening too. Dr. Selvig and Sokovia, Nick Spencer brought into Captain America now, I just remembered. Is that true? That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, Dr. Selvig is helping out Captain America right now in Sokovia. Oh, that's right. It's where the Red Skull is invaded. Yeah. <laughs> that's, pre that's pretty wicked, right? To be like, hey, he's in. I, I like that uh, Dr. Selvig makes it in, but whoever the hell Cat Dennings played from Thor, now nah, you can stay in the movies. Uh, yeah, nobody wants to see you. Darcy? Dar that was her name. I was going to call her Meow Meow, but that's not her name. No. I Might mean, as well be, though. Two broke girls. <laughs> I like that's just the punchline there. Two broke girls. That's all you need. The joke being that that show has been on for like what three seasons, and there's there they are far from broke. Those actresses. <laughs> no, they're raking it in. Not two broke actresses. Two very well off actresses. Yeah, I uh, I call that show fuck this show. <laughs> yeah. I've tried to watch it for like maybe a few seconds, and I'm like, this is horrible. It's worse than Big Bang Theory. Ooh, ooh, that's saying something. Yeah. But, yeah, Kat Dennings is, is easy to look at. Can't argue with that. Sure is. But, uh, but yeah, six seasons. Kill me now. Jesus but, Christ. Uh, yeah. Firefly only got one. Firefly got one season. You know what? Whedon would have driven it into the ground. I, it took me a long time to come to that realization, but Whedon would have wrecked Firefly just like it wrecks everything else. Did did we did we ever do canceled TV shows? That feels like an episode we should have done. Like we at least, would, yeah, there's no way we did that episode because we would have talked about it. You would think so, yeah. Uh, so, some other fun ones here. I, I, I guess a question, because the chat's bringing this up too. What were characters and things that you would like to see actually make it into the comics? What are things that should huh. become canon immigrants? Hmm. Uh, man, I don't know. Um, I've been pitching this one forever, and that is I loved what Young Justice did, splitting the difference between Red Arrow and Arsenal. I really wish the comics did that. Yeah, I like that idea, too. I mean, just ha, keeping ha, it ha, simple. Ha, yeah, like have Arsenal be the too edgy teen guy who can hang out with Red Hood and the Outlaws where I don't have to care about him, but let good Roy, who I remember for years, grow up and actually be an adult and have a family and have everything else and actually, you know, do adult shit. I'd like that, please. I'd like to see, because I'd like to see another try at the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. because what they did was real bad um, with the with the, with the the comic adaptation. It's just not, it, it didn't do anything for me, you know what I mean? But which version? They did it twice. Uh, either one, and I didn't like <laughs> either of them. But, like, what you could have done is, like, I'd love to, I'd love to see a Gotham, uh, uh, what the hell is that book called? About the Gotham City Police Department. Oh, GCPD. Yeah. But or like, Gotham Central. Gotham Central. Like, I'd like to see a Gotham Central, but with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., where it's just like, fun. it would be really cool, and it's just not. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of people in the chat, too, saying Harrison Wells from The Flash Show. Yeah, I'd have nothing against Harrison Wells making the jump. You know, the problem is, it would just be... Well... All right. Also, too, which version of Harrison Wells? Because if you've been watching, Tom Cavanaugh has done like six different versions of that character. Mm, that's <laughs> from different universes and different Earths and guys pretending to be Harrison Wells who weren't really Harrison Wells. Mm -hmm. And honestly, I don't think any of them are good as fake villain Harrison Wells from the first season. <laughs> I think they're just endlessly trying to recapture that guy, but he'll never be that guy because he was never really that guy. Right. Yeah. He was, he was Thawn. And then the actor they got to play Thawne isn't as good as Tom Cavanaugh pretending to be someone else. Uh. 
And the, and the actors keep making the mistake, too. It's like, oh, but remember what Wells did in season one? I'm like, but that wasn't Wells, though. Yeah. Jo- Somebody... Joe West is cool. I, they have Joe West in the comics. He's just not the good guy from Law & Order, we know. No. West. Joe West. Desperado. <laughs> uh, yes, please. Somebody mentioned uh, that we didn't talk about May and Fitz and Simmons. We talked about Fitz and Simmons. Agent May is such a breakout great character on the show that it's such oh, a yeah. disaster. She's not a really cool character in the comics. She's relegated to, like, second banana to everything in the in the comics, and it's like... Doing a, like, one-man army book... I mean, like, it's basically Black Widow. Yeah, I was gonna say, I'm surprised they've never had that team-up May meets Black Widow. That's a thing where it's like, in either iteration, (laughs) I would take it, but you need to do... They need to establish a real difference between Agent May and Black Widow in the comics in order to make May work as a character on her own. Mm. Um, Because otherwise, it's like, you mean to tell me you have an Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D., who is a badass woman that can kill anyone with her pinky and, like, does a lot of kicks and flips with those legs. Like, yeah, that sounds a lot like Black Widow. Only, but this one shoots people with uh, a bullet or with, like, her wrist-mounted bullet. Oh, yeah, that's right. Like, she, She's also less Russian and has less of a complicated backstory. Right, like, well, one of them was, like, Asian. Yeah. Like, oh. How about that? Yeah, like, I guess you could do something with that. But uh, people in the chat too mentioning Zeta from Batman Beyond. No, Zeta never made the jump to comics, even though he is canon (laughs) in the DC animated universe. Oh, the Zeta Project character? Yeah, no. Dude, how about that Zeta? Now there's a riff one day. Go back and watch some Zeta. I, uh, I I was, it was, uh, I was, that was not for me. I don't think it was for me either, but I think I watched it every Saturday morning because it was in between shows I liked. Yeah. Did, uh, we didn't talk about Ink from Batman Beyond. I mean, like, look, everything from Batman Beyond was created on the show. Mm-hmm. Anything from that show that's brought over is is a canon immigrant. <laughs> so, yeah. if they've, I don't know if they've done anything with Ink, I assume they would have. They did in the first arc, but as with everything Batman Beyond related, it wasn't nearly as good because the writer they have writing it doesn't give a shit about Ooh. the Batman Beyond we all grew up with. That's too bad. Yeah, yeah. Um, somebody mentioned Baby Groot. Baby Groot's been in the comics for a while. Oh, yeah. Before yeah, ba- Baby movie. Groot's a thing. That's how we knew that Groot wasn't going to die in Guardians of the Galaxy. Because we're like, That's oh, no, a, just keep a twig and you'll be fine. I remember when I saw that movie, there was a little kid in front of me who, when Groot died, he got quite distraught. And I didn't want to be weird and creepy, but I wanted to reach out and be like, it's going to be okay, man. He dies all the time in the comics. <laughs> he just needs a twig okay. and he's going to be fine. Yeah. Did you see they kept him? Like, they kept they kept a piece of him. Yeah, it's, it's gonna be good. It's gonna be yeah, fine. It's okay. And then their parents don't talk to my child. What's the matter with you? Yeah, never talk to me and my son again. It's okay. I have a YouTube me. channel where I talk about comic books. Yeah, really. Look, it's okay. I'm from the internet. Yeah, you can trust me. I make lots of. I have lots of shirts with superheroes on them. You could get all kinds of them in my van. <laughs> or my tea public store, by which I mean my van. <laughs> yeah. Now that's a thing. Drive around with a creepy van that says T Public Store on it. I feel like uh, T Public would send me a letter. <laughs> <laughs> a cease and desist, a strongly worded letter with red ink. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, so that's it. Uh, that's the show, everybody. <laughs> Oh, uh, someone else mentioning Aqualad. Aqualad is a weird situation, from the comics, everyone. But like, inter- the interesting Aqualad from the show. Yes, the interesting one. Calderon. Yes. 
Yeah, people like that one. He was, he like, his name wasn't Calderon. They called him something different. He was in the comics, like, a couple months before, like, in Brightest Day, before Young Justice started. Mm-hmm. But the one in the show is slightly different from the one in the comics, and they've now brought the original comic one back in DC Universe Rebirth. We just never saw him again. Jackson Hyde, thank you. Ah, yes. Jackson yeah, I never Hyde. Liked, I never liked OG Aqualad. And then they made him interesting in the show, and I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> n- n- not even Tempest? Not even when OG Aqualad grows up and becomes Tempest? No, but I'm not an Aquaman fan. Like, I no. like Aquaman well enough, but, like, I... I'm not like an, a huge Aquaman fanatic who right. loves the the, history, rich, the rich history and the the all the I don't like, like I'm not a big dolphin fan you know what I mean like <laughs> there is actually a rich history I wrote a oh, I, I wrote a video for Rob once I don't think he ever used it but I actually broke down the history of Aquaman and I'm like geez he's gone through a bunch of genres from like a swashbuckling pirate sea adventure to being about magic to actually bring in like some Arthurian legend and everything I'm like yeah. geez he's been through a lot yeah yeah when I did the Aquaman powers I was like wow he's a, this is a lot of shit. <laughs> He did go through a lot of shit. Yeah. Um, and still is. <laughs> so, uh, somebody mentioned Quake. No, Quake started in the comics. She was supposed yep. to be uh, Angelina Jolie from Hackers. Do mm-hmm. a face fi- uh, a shot-for-shot comparison. And now we've come full circle on that, too, from her looking like Angelina Jolie now to now Quake will be leading a new version of the Secret Warriors in the comics, and she looks just like Chloe Bennett, the actress who plays her on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And she's so great that isn't it just a welcome change? Chloe Bennett's just such a terrific actor. Not. <laughs> I couldn't tell for a second there. I'm like, I, I can't see your face, Sal. I can't see. Yeah, that's right. No, she's not terrible. She's not very good. <laughs> I enjoy her. She gets the job done. You know, what job is that, though? The, uh, the job of wearing black eyeliner and complaining? The job of dragging plot lines down to, like, to melodramatic bullshit levels? She's, she, I like her about as much as I liked her from the pilot when she was like, Hey, what up? I'm a fast talking Joss Whedon quipping hacker machine. I'm like, get the fuck out of here. The rising tide. Remember the rising tide. I remember them. I remember them saying it a lot. I don't remember it ever being relevant. It didn't. And then it wasn't. And then they, they, and now she's just a ghostwriter groupie. Nah. So. Yeah. I do still like her, though. But let's see how that show goes, because I'm looking forward to... I, I heard that they were going to drop, like, a big teaser about something. Was it Spider-Man? No, it wasn't. It's, uh, remember, Yo-Yo? Yeah. Uh, Yo-Yo is getting a... What we thought was going to be a solo series of her own, only to find out that there, it's actually just a series of shorts on, like, the website. Oh. That's, like, not an announcement. Eh, man. I love... That's so sad. People were talking about, like... People's theories are always better than whatever they're going to do. I, I like Yo-Yo a lot, but I don't know if I would go to the website no, to I'm watch not, the little shorts. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not typing URLs to go visit <laughs> Yo-Yo. Um, That's but, uh, precious time I could be spending on other things. Yeah. Now, if, if, uh, if they had decided during the lull to fly Clark Gregg out to, uh, out to Hell's Kitchen and have mm. him do a couple of shorts where he interacts with all the defenders in different interactions, mm. that would be a reason to go to a website, or that would be a reason to tune in on Tuesday nights, would be to see Coulson interacting with the goddamn defenders. That's a reason people to wa- like, would watch that. But no, I, I want to watch more Yo-Yo. But I, Sal, the scheduling conflicts. I don't think you understand the scheduling you understand? conflicts. I keep talking. I keep blaming the scheduling conflicts. But no, <laughs> no, the, no. If they wanted that shit, 
<laughs> they would they do, do it. it. Uh, man, I can't wait for them to change that shit up. But that said, we're getting some cool things anyway. Guardians of the Galaxy 2 looks amazing. Yes, and uh, they ever. finally fixed the color palette for those movies. So, like, Guardians of the Galaxy 2 looks rich and vibrant and beautiful. So does Spider-Man for that matter. So I can't wait to see that. Holy shit. It's a great, I, it's a brand new day. You know, it's funny. With I wonder with Bendis leaving uh, Guardians of the Galaxy very soon, I wonder if they will try and make the Guardians comics even more like the movies. I feel like with Bendis gone, they'll probably try and make the, the Guardians more like the comics. Like, they'll probably make it more, or at least pull it more into the Dan Abnett run. Yeah, like closer to Annihilation. I know that's what people complained about forever. Yes, and they still do to this day. But yeah. uh, but they're also... I mean, they're not wrong. I mean, no. I was never that big a Guardians fan, but I'm sure if I was, it would piss me off. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I was pissed off for the longest time when they made the writers of the Arrow TV show write the Green Arrow comic for a run. Those were, those were wastes of ink. They sure were. <laughs> and on that note, what's happening on Cape Joel? Everybody can go check out before we uh, tease what's happening here on Comic-Con. Ah, well, thank you for asking, Sal. I very proudly put out the newest episode of Required Reading. I'm talking about The Punisher. I talk about a bunch of the different stories you need to read to truly understand and enjoy the character. Uh, I really like doing Required Reading. It's probably one of the hardest uh, shows I have to do in between researching and grabbing all the pictures. But you know all that, Sal. Oh, I mean, yeah. hey, you do the same job I do. <laughs> Thank you. Go check that one out and go check out the other two I did on Barry Allen Flash and the Suicide Squad. I would really like to see this show become a flagship over on the Cape Joel channel. So, you know, right. be sure to like and comment because those are important now. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Uh, well, over here on Comic Pop, uh, about f three, four hours from now, people are going to be looking forward to checking out the back issues that's being released. Um, people are theorizing it's going to be an epic Batman story. It will not be. Uh, but it will be an epic Spider-Man story because I love doing those. Uh, people have been asking for it probably since the first episode, uh, so you're welcome. Uh, oh, wow. We'll see what you think. Uh, I'm at a total loss. I have no idea what it is. Usually I can guess these. I can't guess this one. But that one's a Spider-Man story, and then after that we're going to do an epic Batman story. Uh, that isn't the one that I teased on the Instagram. It's going to be another one that I teased on the, a previous Instagram photo. Uh, so you can check that out. Um, is it Odyssey? Are you finally doing Odyssey? No, but I really, like, you know what it is? <laughs> I I need to I need to read it again, and I hate it. So uh, <laughs> Yeah. Because I keep looking through it and being like, I can explain this. No, I can't. It's a real non-starter, isn't it? Because it's not, like, it's not fluid. So, like, you got to, like, remember where... The, where like the heel turn happens where it's like oh don't worry like now he's gonna start fighting dinosaurs <laughs> why are there dinosaurs because neil adams wanted to draw them and also it takes place like weeks before the scene that we just saw like there's all these different timelines and batman's explaining the story to superman like fuck this <laughs> it's a story within a story yeah it is it it would be great to watch ben and ethan freak out but at the same time it's like no. Um, and I got this too late, but we received it on a Letters Page episode. This should have been the episode that's coming out next week. Unfortunately, we already shot next week's episode, but uh, Star Wars probably should have been a book we did. <laughs> oh, yeah, that, that comes out very soon, That comes out it? next week, and I'm... Ah, so I'm going to go check that out. M uh, Merry Christmas to us nerds, huh? -huh? I know. It's going to be awesome. I can't wait. But uh, yeah, no, it's not. Uh, it's not Spider Island. All right, everybody. We'll see you guys next week with another episode of Elseworlds Exchange. Thank you guys so much for watching. And don't forget to like, subscribe, and uh, check us both out here on Comic Pop and, of course, to Cape Joel. And we'll see you guys next week with an all new episode. So long. Please do.